faster, my, it's just after midday on Monday, Jaloon, the Anale Yeg Tajakdari, the 12th day of the beginning of spring, according to the Manx calendar, uh, or February to you and me. And this is Manx Radio's Man in Line. It's me, Phil Gorn, hoping to provoke lively debate. A week tomorrow, we'll hear what Alex Allenson's budget has for us. Are you keen to pay more tax to cover the department overspends or perhaps underfunds, depending on uh, your perspective? Or perhaps you think we should cut government expenditure? This is your programme, though, so please call and ask some questions or, or give opinions, even. So, um, nobody on the line. No texts into the programme, so it's just me for, for the next um, hour, by the look of things. Um, yeah, lots and lots that we could talk about. Obviously, the budget is coming up. Uh, there's some fairly significant issues on the uh, Tinwald order paper as well as the budget, but it's mainly uh, about the budget. I was uh, having a, a quick skeet through the Tinwald order paper, and the what th- well, not the first item. The first item, obviously, uh, main item is questions. Then the independent review of government's management of the Ranson case, case a report to Tinwald by Richard Wright, KC. Uh, the Chief Minister is going to make a statement on that. Um, then Manx Development Corporation, Dr Allenson, Treasury Minister, is going to make a personal statement. So maybe he's not the Treasury Minister in that instance. Uh, so that's interesting. And then the uh, much-heralded supplementary uh, capital authorities, uh, additional budget and respect. Um, it says uh, capital authority, but this is revenue, I think. Um, the the next item is capital. I'm not, I'm not quite sure why it's called capital authority. Anyway, the the minister for treasury is going to move an an additional budget of eight thousand nine hundred pounds to be spent for the Department of Education, Sport and Children. Well, they've already spent it, but they need Timwald approval to have the money. An additional budget of thirty million in respect of uh, Department of Health and Social Care for this uh, year. An additional budget of two. 0.2 million for the Department of Home Affairs and 5.665 million for DOI. Um, bearing in mind that we had a fairly significant gap in public finances when the budget was announced um, last year, uh, 150 million was required from from uh, reserves to to uh, top up the uh, the likely expenditure. Uh, it does seem a bit um, well. An, an extra, how much is there? 40, 45 million quid uh, to be spent on top of the 150 million gap that we already had. So I, how how is government going to pay for all this? Uh, obviously, Dr. Allenson probably knows by now. Uh, it would be interesting to, to find out, uh, are we all going to be paying more taxes? But we do have a few texts now. Um, one of which says, who can afford to live on this island now? Our money was in reserve for times like these. Um, but as we know, government has spent uh, spent it on rubbish. Uh, shame on them all. Well, uh, I'm not sure it's entirely fair to say it's been spent on rubbish. There's been quite a lot of, of uh, good things as well, but uh, certainly some 
excellent uh, road schemes being done by the DOI lately. Um, certainly in, in the uh, south of the island, there seem to be some, some pretty good schemes there. Um, and then, um, hi, Phil, so much for the green agenda when the sky is being so polluted from the deployment of chemicals from geoengineering sky rocketeers uh, who are... Um, where are we now? Where does it go from there? Who are wealth, wealthier ha- harvesting? Um, why do oh wealth harvesting perhaps? Why do we allow this to happen over our heads? Um, and that's from Manx Will. Well, I'm not entirely sure uh, why we would or how we would stop something like that happening. Um, but anyway, um, no doubt if if there's anyone listening who who's who's doing this, uh, perhaps they they uh, would. Be, be prepared to give us a call. Perhaps Elon Musk is is listening in, knowing that I'm uh, hosting the show today. Uh, and another one here. Good afternoon, Phil. Is there any statement from Steam Packet yet regarding the vibration on the Manxman? Uh, I'm not aware uh, of, of any statement as yet. Uh, if anyone listening in the newsroom is aware, perhaps they could let me know, but uh, I'm not aware of that. And then another text in. Dear Manx Radio, can we opt out of the national scheme payment scheme? The golden wallet spend is out of control. Um, I will pay my own doctors and dentists and my bin to be emptied every two weeks. Um, well, no, you can't opt out. Uh, I, I'm assuming what you mean there is the national national scheme payment scheme, national insurance scheme, perhaps, or um, uh, taxation. Regardless, national insurance, taxation rates, these are all effectively taxes. And uh, on, unless you are exempt for some uh, particular reason, you have to pay them all, um, regardless of what you think of the government. And, of course, your opportunity to say what you think about the government it comes along every five years and you can um, and I, I, I can I can dem- a perfect demonstration of this you can remove your members of, of the House of Keys at election time uh, so there is that opportunity um, now then I'm doing that thing of, of using the wrong mouse so let's try a, a different mouse that one works Phil Maramai please where can Joe Public see what is being proposed in the budget uh, so have opportunity to tell their representatives how they should use the electors' vote. Well, of course, the um, answer to that one is you can't. Your elected representatives have already had a briefing of what's in the budget, but they are sworn to secrecy. I think the media at some point, possibly towards the end of this week, uh, will will get a briefing as well. Um, But no one is allowed to uh, tell you what's in the budget until... Uh, the uh, the Treasury Minister actually gets up and finishes uh, uh, delivering his speech on Budget Day, which, of course, is a week tomorrow, um, which um, some MHKs, certainly Dewan Watterson, uh, is, is probably um, uh, at the forefront of this, uh, suggests that maybe there should be some reform of the budget process uh, because effectively members don't have the opportunity to discuss with their constituencies what's in the budget uh, in advance of the budget being uh, made so um, you, you your elected mem- members have to uh, I suppose second guess what you think 
do, do you actually are you likely to support, for example, a significant hike in in, in taxation? Not that I, I know anything about this, and not that uh, it's de- it, it's going to happen, but uh, um, I'm guessing members would uh, probably err on the side of caution when it comes to. Um, uh, significant increases in tax um, and probably um, not err on the side of caution when it comes to ensuring that good public services are funded. But then uh, what is a good public service? This is, of course, the question which uh, often uh, um, causes debate on the man in line. Sadly, no callers as yet. No one seems keen to... uh, to uh, uh, light up the switchboard but um, there are still a few messages here Uh, it costs an extra £1,000 to service your electronic car uh, over here uh, to send away they don't tell you that when you buy one Uh, well um, certainly I haven't bought one so I wouldn't know about that Um, and then DOI what's happening with the basics i.e. road line marking um, well, to be fair, I think latterly the um, the uh, DOI, certainly in the areas that I'm driving, seem to have been doing quite a big uh, job on the basic stuff of, of fixing roads. But uh, I see that um, I've uh, provoked uh, John Tier to, to say, Hi, Phil, the road up to Manx Radio is in need of resurfacing. It is diabolical. You must be all shook up driving up there every day. And he is right. It is a bit of a bad one, that. Uh, but a lot of roads about the island are getting um, uh, sorted. And, yes, I've made the, the cardinal error. Um, uh, thank you to Texter ending 338. Uh, when you referenced DESC, the C is culture, not children. Um, an easy mistake to make. It used to be the Department of Education and Children, and then it's changed to the Department of Education, Sport and Culture. Um, and, of course, if you go back far enough, it was the Board of Education. However, we do now have two callers, uh, one of which is uh, Julian. So, hopefully, I'll uh, remember which, uh, which levers to press. Uh, Julian, are you there? Um, obviously not yet. So, Julian, hang on. Um, we'll keep trying to work this one out. Oh, yes. Uh, Julian, are, are you there? there? Yes. Marvellous. I'm here, I'm here. How yes. are you? Good, good. Um, and uh, you want to talk about wind farms? Uh, only the, uh, just a quick one on the um, scale of Erie Stain. It just occurs to me, if you... Um, Go from, say, the sea terminal uh, to Athol Street, which is about a third of a mile. And then you turn up and you, you go up to uh, Rosemount Terrace. And then you drive down to the Empress. And then you go back to the sea terminal. You've got a rectangle, which is about the same size as Erie Stain. Uh, you're going to have to put in that area five Blackpool Towers with massive arms on or actually about 45 foot bigger and about 60 foot taller than the London Eye, five of them. That's your scale, if you're thinking about what's this going to look like. And and yet, government will, and, and you know, I should declare that uh, I have a, a personal interest in, in this, in, in that I'm 
uh, yes, my view will certainly be affected by this, uh, um, but uh, I'll not say one way or the other where, where, what I think about it. But government's view uh, is that uh, we need to have renewable energy. Uh, if we had had um, renewable energy, if it had a, a wind farm or some other form of re- renewable energy uh, back five or ten years ago, then perhaps uh, the the significant cost uh, increases in relation to gas and, of course, electricity um, would have been uh, mitigated against uh, because we would have had our own renewable energy which uh, wouldn't rely on uh, international markets for oil and gas. So so presumably it's not all bad. Uh, Well, that supposition relies on computer modelling based on nothing that's come out of reality. I mean, the Wind Consortium website itself says that the average um, capacity factor or the amount of time that wind farms are running is four times less than the calculation that the government are telling us. So, I mean, you know, I'm going to take the Wind Consortium's honest opinion from their own website, renewableuk.com. I mean, you know, if they're telling us, and this is this is SSE Renewables, Orsted, uh, RWE, the largest electrical provider in the UK. Incidentally, the one that is refusing to give bids to Orsted because they want massive amounts of uh, increase in electrical charges to people, which nobody's going for. Um, you know, what is this based on? I mean, we're we're having this sort of blanket thing saying, oh, we would have saved money. Well. Where's the reality of this? Let's have a look at the workings in the margin, if you remember O-levels, Phil. So why would, I mean, I'm sure government won't have just made this up. They must have got these figures from somewhere. No quotation. Where are they getting the figures from? Well, um, we hear about, we hear about, um, oh, you know, they're getting X amount from the Shetlands, except that the Shetlands wind farm hasn't turned a blade yet because they've had 20 years of litigation, even from the council itself, but then got overridden by the Scottish government to ram them in. Even the RSPB was up in arms about the Wimberall breeding grounds getting churned up for the turbines. So, um, and you know, the calculation, we're talking about CO2. Uh, I've just been looking at a paper uh, which is saying that moss absorbs six times more uh, CO2 than normal grass does. Well, go and have a walk up at Erie Stain Plantation. There's so much moss up there. I mean, you can barely walk without walk on the place without walking on moss. So that alters the calculation for um, how much you're saving on CO2 emissions from these turbines if you're digging up a plantation that not only has lots of trees that absorb CO2, um, but also um, the moss itself. And I haven't got a problem with CO2. The more, the better, as far as I'm concerned. Well, um I'm sure if there is anyone from government listening, it would be great to hear um, your views. Uh, I'm sure there is always a counter-argument to every argument. Um, But uh, thanks for that, uh, Julian. And we'll now turn to Howard. And hopefully I've worked out how to do this. Yes, I have. Look at this. Howard, um, welcome. Hi, Hi, Phil. Not just listen to Julian there, just the latter end of it. Um, People remember here, the older people, myself included, when they used to dig for peat up on the mountain, up on Benny Pot, etc., and you'd see it up there drying. And that was essentially thousands of years of moss compressed into a, a fossil fuel, in, in a sense. And the government decided, in their wisdom, that we're not going to have it anymore because of uh, 
well, the destruction of the, the habitats and uh, the CO2s and various other aspects. <clears throat> um, in the farming industry, they're saying now they're not going to plough uh, fields. They're just going to harrow it and uh, sow seed straight into the top so they're not releasing the CO2 that's contained in the ground. This CO2 seems to be the be-all, end-all. Uh, but then the next swipe, they're going to go up into a heathland where there's mosses, peats, and an unknown um, structure underneath uh, absorbing water and moisture, etc., on the headlands, which nature's done for many, many years, and dig damn big holes in it and fill it full of concrete. And, and yet, you know? um, government tells us that uh, th- this is the only site that wasn't uh, peatlands. Uh, that's why they, they chose this site. Well, why is everybody else saying up around there and the forestation, etc., um, where it is peatland, heathland, and a lot of the higher ground is heathland, uh, and it's, it's nature's reserve. And why would the plants and the, uh, the heath absorb CO2 if it wasn't of use to them? If it was a toxic chemical or something of that nature, which the government had determined to put into the into the water, fluoride, then it would be um, obnoxious. But it's disappeared into the ground, and right up until recently, they were praising the fact that the the marshlands were absorbing all the CO2. But now they want to uh, destroy the the area by digging damn big holes out. Somebody said they're going to have to go down about 30-odd foot. Um, not going to dig a big hole. It'll be a borehole, obviously. But the amount of concrete that'll have to go around each one is a steadying factor. Because you know yourself, if you hold one of these little hand windmills at the end of the stick, it wobbles when it's turning. So you've got to have something substantial on the, the blunt end of it to hold it steady while the blades go around on top. And um, they're not going to just put a little piddly bit of uh, cement up there and the roads they're going to have to dig up to it. Well, but that's beside, um, I, I mean, I, I would, I, I obviously I've got lots that I could say about all this, but uh, I, I have to uh, remain impartial. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, that's what I'm, I'm endeavouring to do. Uh, according to my producer, you were also wanting to talk about the post office? Yes. Um, just um, a little while ago, there were people on and they were saying they were trying to run a, a postal business, an email business, uh, not email, uh, a mail business through the post. Well, I went down on Friday night to the post box in Anaco. Now, we bear in mind the post office is also there in the shop, but that closes at tea time. Um, it says here, it's Friday, Friday night, wanted to post a letter, 7 o'clock, a collection. There's not another collection until Monday night at 7 o'clock. And then, so that's, if you miss the Friday night post, it's there Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, and won't be picked up till 5 o'clock Monday, which, unless it goes out on the early morning boat, it's not going to go out until Tuesday night time. So by the time it gets into the UK and gets waddled around there in their little system, you're going to be uh, Wednesday and Thursday. Now, what sort of system is that operating here on the island? A, a small island where they, you know, the, there's only one collection a day, seven, um, 1,700 hours. 
but it, it isn't that, part of the problem. Isn't morning off the post box. Yeah, this isn't part of the problem though. That uh, effectively, uh, a huge swathe of the population now uh, send messages by uh, electronic form, email, uh, texts, um, mm. all these different apps that are available. And this is the problem. The post office um, can't compete with that. And people are, are sending less and less uh, by way of um, post. I don't disagree with that. It's a, that is an obvious uh, thing where, the, um, where the, the, the method is changing. It used to be Pony Express, and then we went on to the post office. Now you see, it's changing all the time. But to make a, a long weekend like that from Friday night tea time uh, until Monday night tea time before your letter will even be picked up from the letterbox. Why can't, even if um, somebody just pops around these places and it can go back up to the sorting office, unless there's no sorting office staff up there, there must be somebody, and they were supposed to have bought one of the all singing and dancing sorting machines. Um, I notice outside, if you go up to the cool of the post box, there used to be um, internal mail and UK and others. There was two post boxes now. There's just the one. So obviously they've got their system sorted out inside, but they've just forgotten the post boxes. And it must be not just in Douglas. It must be all over the island, mm. a similar system. Because this one's got, uh, well, 58 Annika post office. That's the number of the post box. Right. And it's been blanked out for Monday. So there's no collection out of that post box until five o'clock Monday evening. Mm. Well, it's, uh, you know, it, it means I sent a, um, a card off to a friend of mine um, up in Scotland, and I posted it on the Friday night because I only found out he was in hospital then, and he didn't get it till the following Wednesday, mm. Mm. which is a long time in anybody's language. It is indeed, and and sadly, Howard. Um, on the subject of time, uh, I, I need to start pl- playing some adverts, otherwise we'll have a whole <laughs> load of them at the end of the programme, and I, I, oh, um, well, I'm still new to this. wages, you see, Phil. You've got to pay them. In, indeed, indeed. Uh, well, thanks very much for your call. OK, thanks then. Take Cheers. care. Bye now. Um, yes, and indeed, we had a rather... Um, where are we now? Uh, cynical, yeah, cynical's the word from 862, uh, text ending 862. It's never a quick one with Julian. You're going to let anyone else talk? Feels like uh, this is the Julian Hour featuring the Manx public. Come on, boys, there's uh, other people who wouldn't mind saying it how it is. We're getting pretty tired of hearing about all, all his facts on renewable uh, tell them to write a manifesto for uh, people who care. Well, um, t- to be fair, Julian wasn't on for that long, and whoever it was that was texting, perhaps uh, perhaps they should call in. Um, and uh, th- there's plenty of opportunity for you to, to, to get dialing because we're going to listen to some of these. Bit of a Johnny Cash f- 
fan myself, so I love that Johnny Trash advert. Anyway, um, if there's anything on your mind this dinner time, 66 13 68 is the number to call. You can also text 166 177 or email studio at manxradio.com. And we have two contradictory um, WhatsApp messages. The first from Steve. Fascinating to hear the usual climate change deniers suggesting they are against the wind turbines due to environmental reasons, yet completely fail to acknowledge the environmental damage from burning oil, coal and gas. So that's from Steve. Um, and of course, Steve, the one way you could, one of the ways you could stop uh, listening to the usual climate change deniers, uh, if if that's what they are, is by calling the program yourself, sixty six thirteen sixty eight. It would be great to hear from you. And um, then, of course, we have another uh, WhatsApp message. Do not stop Julian and Juan from contributing to your program, as they are the only people who talk sense. Also, for the record, I do not know either of them and that's from mary so yeah um on the one hand and yet on the other um anyway uh, we do have a caller on line one by the look of things and i'm not sure who it is um uh, because i probably need to do something on on a screen to find out but oh it's bonzo yes there we are okay so um Bonzo, I, um, what, what do you want to talk about? Presumably you're going to deny climate change for us, are you? Um, no, I do uh, the absolute opposite, although I wouldn't use the term climate change because this is part of the, uh, of the confusion on these matters. Um, the term like climate change and global warming, I think they were both invented uh, by somebody in the, early on in the um, George W. Bush administration because it sounded like it described things but it didn't frighten the horses or produce too much impetus for people to do anything right whereas Uh, what we have is climate damage and And climate damage damage is by us climate crisis is another one that uh crisis crisis emergency i mean we could I could go on all day about the stuff, the, the fires that there have been in Chile, um, the absolute dousing that they've been getting in um, California, um, the absolute waving of um, of temperatures outside any of their usual ranges all around the world, and now the uh, issue of the um, Atlantic conveyor of which the Gulf Stream is a part, uh, breaking down. So, and, and of course, it's not just lot, the Gulf Stream, is it? Ocean, ocean surface temperatures rising way above anything hmm. uh, ever recorded, which, of course, was also generating um, you know, la- our large procession of storms that we had last month. Um, and now, even um, NOAA, you know, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration in America. I was thinking about the bakehouse. Yeah, yeah, yes. No, no, another A on it. Yeah. yeah. Um, why? Why haven't they given you any any lunch yet? No, no, I'm I'm starving. Um, absolutely. No, no, starving. no nibbles. Yes, I mean that was, that was the thing about the budget program last year. 
no, no yeah, green room. Well, you know, no, no, uh, absolutely awful. Times are hard, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know. Yes. Yeah, so, 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 so in terms of all this, then, how, how yeah, do we, how do we resolve this? Because you know, on the one hand, we've got Julian and, and to a certain extent, Howard. Uh, who have said one thing, you're saying something completely different. How do we actually find a way in which we can bring some of these uh, discussions um, to a a central point that um, most people could agree on, do you think? Well, I think one emphasis is money. Hmm. Um, This idea that uh, a, a better world is going to be far more expensive and far more uh, inconvenient. We have to do uh, what is actually in the Climate Change Act, um, and that's work towards what's called a just transition. So that going away from fossil fuels to to more renewables and also reducing our emissions are something that the cost of it is borne properly by society in total rather than you as an individual having to you know, spend lots more money and have your hard-pressed uh, budget even more hardly pressed. Um, so in, in doing that, you know, we can then make a better, uh, make hay, you know, a cleaner air and, um, and, such, and, and such like less congested roads, warmer houses, lower fuel bills. Gosh, you know, that's a bit weird and idealistic, but... But hey, you know why not? Why not give these strange ideas a go? Have you got absolute confidence in the government to get this right? Um, I have confidence in in various people um, who are within the system. Like people like Lizzie Riley, for example, has um, been very, very knowledgeable. I, I, I believe she knows how to drive a nuclear power station, amongst other things. Right. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> Well, yes, I, yes, I think yes, I think she used to be, um, you know, one of the controllers at um, the one outside Edinburgh along the Scottish yeah. Torness. That was it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, and you know, there are a variety of other people, you know, who are around pressing for these things. So I try. But uh, unfortunately, the government is dictated by politics. Indeed, and, and, you know, and they're, they're, isn't and, that what you would expect? Lo- there are lots of loud, sh- loud shouting voices, as I'm sure you know, in your particular situation. There are lots of loud shouting voices um, who are shouting loudest. Yeah. Well, sadly, we will have to uh, curtail the call there because I've got some more adverts to take and Betty has been uh, waiting on the line uh, very patiently for, uh, for us, but uh, I'll come to Betty as soon as we hear these. When the man in line's not on air, call Manx Radio to leave your opinion for broadcast on 682 631. And um, every Monday and Friday at the end of the man in line, we're digging into the Manx Radio archives to celebrate our 60th anniversary. Today at 12.55, John Moss will look back at the beginning of Manx Airlines in 1982. Uh, so that's to look forward to. Uh, also, um, before we go to Betty, and it's only very brief, there was a text in. Many of your contributors are talking or always asking for more, like healthcare, road repairs, housing and benefits. All these services have to be paid for, uh, but people are not prepared to pay for them. 
government have to make a strong, hard decision, and that is to scrap the lower earnings limit on NI payments, increase NI contributions, and raise tax. And that's from Pat, possibly not the most popular text that we'll have, but it'd be interesting to hear your views. Again, don't forget, you can call 66 13 68, text 166177, or email studio at manxradio.com. But, Pat, um, you... Uh, um, I've been waiting a little while, so uh, good. Uh, fast am I. Uh, good afternoon. Hello. Hi, Pat. Uh, sorry, yes. Betty. Betty. Well, it was Pat was the texter, wasn't it? Sorry. <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> I was a bit surprised, sir. Yes, you would anyway, be. <laughs> I just came on to defend Julian and Juan and Howard because they do a lot of the work that we. Can't, either can't be bothered or couldn't do in looking things up. And I, I, I think they don't go on too much. It's, they're quite interesting. Um, so I'm just defending them for coming on. And the guy who who texted in, as you said, if he, he thinks they go on too long, he should come on himself. And apart from that, I actually... Think you shouldn't worry about pressing the odd button. I think you sound really lovely, and you're doing a great job. Oh, that's very kind of you. Um, I've almost almost got it. There was just uh, if anyone is ever doing the man and line, there's a thing with the fader, and if the fader's not down, uh, which is effectively off, before you click the blue button or the yellow button at the top of the screen that allows the call to come on, then uh, it doesn't work as I've now discovered yet again. But hopefully tomorrow I'll, I'll have remembered. But thanks very much, Betty. I mean, what do you think of Bonzo's contribution? Uh, I, I very rarely agree with Bonzo, I'm afraid. I do think he's rather arrogant, but that's just my opinion. OK. OK, well, thanks very much. Anything else you want to t- talk to us about, or uh, are we done? Not at the moment. If I think of anything, I'll let you know. Marvellous. Well, you know the number, and it would be great to hear from you. Thanks. Okay. Okay, so that was Betty, and uh, Betty doing that thing that this show is all about, which is ringing up and talking. Uh, 66 13 68, uh, 66, oh gosh, 66 13 68 is the number to call. Uh, text 166177 or email studio at Manx. Uh, radio.com and there's been loads of texts as ever with uh, the, this show um, we have um, a couple of whatsapp messages hi Phil can I remind Steve uh, Steve of course uh, was um, supporting uh, the, 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 the green agenda uh, can I remind Steve that the only byproduct of natural gas combustion is water vapour and carbon dioxide the latter of which uh, vegetation relies upon to survive and produce oxygen that we rely on uh, so also uh, water is quite important as well um, so that's that's one uh, whatsapp message uh, another whatsapp message from Alex um, I, I'm sure it won't be the Alex that will be coming on the, sh- the programme uh, on the radio at three o'clock but uh, Alex, I can't believe the uh, huge section of the Groudel MER is being dug up again. Uh, yet the road surface uh, has only had about a fiver spent on it in the last 15 years. And that's from Alex. 
Um, so then looking at some of your um, texts, um, that was that one. Right, let's see. Please, uh, can caller Eddie let us know how many wild birds are slaughtered each year on the Isle of Man by domestic cats uh, compared to the estimate of the nearest wind pylon to his house? Well, it's not pylons. I think they're... they're um, uh, wind turbines rather than pylons. I'm not sure that pylons uh, are noted for causing uh, deaths of, of wild birds. But anyway, there we go. Uh, cats certainly are prone to, to killing uh, birds. Uh, another, is there another WhatsApp message? Um, I think I saw another one coming in. Yes. Uh, do we think we could have a weekly show, perhaps on a Thursday, where we get all our top contributors, Howard and Julian, etc., in the studio for the full hour? Uh, I think they are a valuable asset to the Manon line, and that's from Matt in Port Aaron. Uh, well, of course, we could do it on a Thursday, but uh, if anyone is entitled to, to call 66 13 68 uh, any uh, day of the week, and uh, it's always good to hear from people. Uh, it's not quite as good for me reading out a whole load of uh, text messages. Um, it's far better to... Um, to, to actually hear people's voices uh, that's one thing that radio sort of relies on uh, we've got another message here uh, traffic accidents seem to be high at the moment I hope everyone involved is okay are the police out and about as I've seen some terrible driving this week U-turns at Pole Rose traffic lights U-turns in full traffic at the Bowling Green Car abandoned on Alexander Drive, little green car, and then it gives the registration, but I won't read that out. I've been there at least two weeks. Driver stopped at the end of a, a road on the wrong side. Douglas is becoming a little unsafe on, on our roads. Um, and that's from Texter ending 382. Well, of course, the um, the one way to guarantee the roads are safer is, uh, is people drive with the assumption that they uh, might there might be something just around the corner. Um, or the, the, you know you should be able to stop uh, we've got another whatsapp message uh, could I just say I think Betty is adorable I also concur with her views and that wasn't me sending that uh, whatsapp uh, message um, but that was from oh, can we do this I'm not sure oh, the, the text um, text number begins 220 um uh, and we've got another caller on the line, uh, it would appear. Uh, David, heavy vehicles and camper vans. Let's uh, see, can I manage to get the technology right? Uh, yes. David Quirk. Mr. Gorn. How you doing, boy? Not bad at all. Good. Listen, I'm just wondering where Jeff Robinson is now. Is he still at the sea terminal? He uh, is the... the I'm, I'm told he is the deputy chief executive at the, the sea terminal now. All right. I just wondered what happened to the consultation about uh, what we call uh, large vehicles, uh, heavy goods vehicles, and in that category, camper vans. Do you remember years ago? Yeah, we absolutely. Somewhere? Well, there was a consultation that went out recently to all the local authorities, and obviously I know that because I'm Clark to Arbery and, and Russian. Uh, and that was, uh, the, the, basically it seemed a little bit like the department was putting the onus back onto the local authorities to solve the problem um, by introducing laws that banned the parking, but 
uh, you know, in the residential areas, but it didn't actually come up with any solutions as to where these things could be parked instead. Um, So, yeah. um, I'm I'm a little bit concerned now that we do have a number of abandoned, what I call abandoned camper vans in various states of disrepair, but um, I can't get anywhere with them. But maybe you'll give me uh, some advice as the next minister then. If a vehicle's on the highway and you think it is not roadworthy, hmm. what would you do? I suppose you'd you'd speak to the police, wouldn't you? Um, you would, and yeah. then the, the DOI, and if you draw their attention, wouldn't you think they're liaise with one another? You would hope so, yeah. Although, as you and I both know from our time in, in politics, um, particularly in, in our last term, uh, the the, yeah. the um, your budgets were getting slashed, and uh, the ability for all that mm. sort of cross departmental work that used to perhaps have, have, uh, go on is um, much more difficult yeah. um, as a result of um, of 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 those uh, reduced um, um, numbers of staffing. Yeah, and the way the world is now, technology is the one, isn't it? So yeah. why aren't we introducing number plate recognition? It, it was starting to come in just before we left and it's dried up. Mm. And the other issue is, how many government departments are not putting green initiatives on their buildings? Like all the schools, all the public buildings we've got, the sea terminal. Is there anything on Max Radio? I'm not sure, um, but I do know that there is talk of um, putting uh, solar panels on a number of government uh, properties. I'm I'm not sure whether that's actually going going ahead now. It's certainly at the same time as the wind farm was being announced uh, there was talk at that stage of 10 megawatts mm. of uh, of solar panels being put on a, a range of government properties yeah. um yeah yeah but phil isn't it all talk and we're not getting any action is that and i'll leave you with that word well yes and of course isn't that hasn't that always been the case with government government loves to to set up committees and do investigations and and produce reports um, and and most of the reports have recommendations that suggest some other committee should be formed uh, and uh, therein lies the problem anyway good to talk to you david cheers Cheers. Uh, well we only have 50 seconds to go so I wonder, am i going to be able to read a few more of these uh, texts i probably managed to get a couple in some people are able to get thousands of pounds of benefit money fraudulently and yet people desperately in need of assistance are scrutinized to the nth degree and then told they are entitled to nothing uh, is this right well of course it's not right is it it's it's not fair um, but generally, people who are uh, fraudulently getting money out of the benefit system uh, do, well, they've, they've got a fair chance of getting caught. And um, we have, what are your thoughts on the sewage pipe going into the sea in Peel? Well, actually, it doesn't really matter what I think. Um, it's what you think. Um, there's been a lot of talk on Facebook about this, uh, this weekend, and some people are very unhappy. And uh, with that... Yes, uh, sadly, uh, we are out of time and um, I will be back tomorrow and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, um, which uh, may or may not be a good thing. Thanks to Chris for producing and particularly thanks to you for your company and contributions. I'll be back with tomorrow's Man in Line. And remember, if you think of something you'd um, 
network, Josh. Well, I'm trying to pull a, a lever down and do something else at the same time. If you think of something else you want to talk about uh, out of hours, 682631 is the number. Uh, you can leave a message which may be played out on the show. Uh, coming up next, it's Nenji's Tree with Christy D. 60 years serving you as the nation station. This is Manx Radio. Manx Airlines was originally established in 1947, just two years after the Second World War, and flew, inter alia, the legendary Douglas C-47 Dakotas. There were a lot of Dakotas around at that time. Indeed, I flew in one with a team from King Bill's to a rugby match at St. Bees. We landed at Carlisle. But in 1982 came a new Manx Airlines, a joint venture founded by British Midland Airways and Air UK. Services started on the 1st of November 1982. The first flight was flown from here to Glasgow. Three weeks after that launch, Geraldine Jameson spoke to the general manager, Terry Lydiard. The money behind it is, as you know, 75% with British Midland and 25% British and Commonwealth who own Air UK, who were the other major operator before we took over. Um, but they, they have put the money up. Um, we have the chairman of Manx Airlines is also the chairman of British Midland, Michael Bishop. But apart from that, we are totally independent. We decide ourselves how to run, what aircraft to run, frequency we operate. Um, you know, we're on our own in that in that way. Well, I suppose it's an unfair question actually for you to answer. But where does Michael Bishop's loyalty lie then? Is it a bit of a conflict for him? British Midland Airways, the chairman of one company, and uh, and now Manx Airlines. No, I can't see there's any conflict at all, um, because the areas in which the airlines operate just don't overlap. Uh, they're operating in entirely separate sectors of the, of the aviation industry. Um, and his interests are the same, as much as if Manx Airlines are profitable, British Midland get some of those profits. So uh, that's no conflict of interest. <laughs> well, why did you feel a need to set up a Manx Airlines? The need wasn't on uh, the side of the airlines. The need from the airlines was to stop operating into the Isle of Man on uh, incurring the sort of losses which they had been previously. They, uh, it was a question of what the airlines should do, and we found that both British Midland and AUK, working along entirely separate lines, uh, had in fact reached the same conclusion, that there was no way in which they could make money out of these routes, and both were very seriously considering a, a total withdrawal from the island. Um, certainly when each found out that the other was thinking along the same lines, the situation became fairly serious. Um, certainly would have been very serious for the island. And uh, the directors of the two companies got together and basically, what can we do about it to preserve the air services? 60 years serving you as the nation station. This is Manx Radio. 